0: Fly in the sky. I can go twice as high. Take a look, it's in a book. A reading rainbow.
1: In a world where Thomas is back. Yeah, he's back. Thomas is here, people.
2: Yeah, I never hesitated. I was always going to come back. Um, <laughs> that's that's, uh, yep, what that's I mean. totally what he was hesi-
0: saying <laughs> earlier. You were
1: hesitant because we were insulting you, apparently.
2: Oh, uh, look, I heard some snide remarks in the last couple episodes. Mm. Um, but, look, uh, they it's 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 a good show, um community. So I just had to come back to talk about it, I, I reckon um the remarks come from a place of hurt and worry yeah we we're yeah. very concerned about you
0: we felt abandoned thomas i'm not mad i'm just disappointed
2: yeah and I, I feel all that i feel it all coming my way and don't you worry because it's I'm, I'm gonna make up for all of it today all right
1: well we're gonna let thomas take the reins he's gonna oh, handle um, this episode and we'll just be back here throwing popcorn and making our own additional snide remarks. As we cover Intermediate Documentary Filmmaking Season 2, Episode 16, here on Community Rewatching 101. We've got the full crew for the first time in how many shows? Thomas, how many shows did you miss? Was it? I, th- I think I missed
2: two, but two. that does mean okay. that's like a month and a half, so that's a yeah. long time. We've
1: missed you, and we're glad to have you back, and hopefully... We can. He's moved uh, across a, a little bit of distance there. Uh, he had to ride a dingo and a kangaroo at mm-hmm. various points. And now he's settling in. Oh, by the way, he needs a roommate. Uh, if anybody is uh, available and wants a really personable Aussie to room with them, he would love it. Uh, but he's back with us here today. And we've got plenty to talk about on today's show. So... Yeah, feels like we, we gotta we gotta shake off the the jitters, the nervous jitters here, and get back into our groove as a foursome. I don't know how we're gonna do that.
3: Shall we do vocal exercises? Yeah. Red leather, yellow leather. Red leather, yellow leather. Me 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 me
2: me. My mother makes me mash my mini M&Ms on a Monday morning. Ooh ah. Uh. <clears throat> okay. <laughs> <clears throat>
1: Oh, what was that? <laughs> I never heard that one My mother like makes happens me in mash many M <laughs> Okay, well, I think we're getting there. Um, so, yeah, today we're we're looking at an episode that's been filmed in a different style—that kind of documentary or veritas uh, style of. of filmmaking, you might be more familiar with, like with Arrested Development, or The Office. And I was wanted to ask our team here, what is your favorite either documentary or docu type show, even a sitcom like this style of filmmaking? Which? what, what do you like the best? Anything come to mind?
0: Docu shows, st- style show would be Arrested yeah. Development. Uh, at least the non Netflix stuff.
2: <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah the, movie, the probably this is
0: final tap yeah. was it didn't three, three seasons classics.
2: yeah three seasons of it
0: yeah and then i don't even i
2: forget how many more they did but they did a heap more didn't they they it, it kind of yeah it kept going <laughs> it was a slow realization of <laughs> this is very different now i don't mm-hmm. know <laughs> <laughs> i don't like it send me back send me back yeah. to 2003 yeah
1: Uh, Al, you got any examples that spring to mind? Yeah, I I have two, and I'm wrestling
3: over them, to be honest. Uh, Forever, uh, uh, my favorite documentary has been uh, The King of Kong, A Fistful of Quarters. Yes. And there's a review about that up on the New Interviewers site, so go track that down. Plug, plug. Yes. (laughs) But I also, um, I've really come to love the jinx about Robert Durst.
2: Oh yeah 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 that's that and one's just, amazing.
3: ah yeah that I one was that. just oh it's so good. Don't look up anything about it. Just watch it. Yeah. It's so okay. good.
2: It's uh, one of those cases as, where uh like the documentary makers themselves become entwined in the story a little bit, which I love. Yeah, I love it when that happens. Oh.
3: Yeah, it's it's really really good just in terms of uh just a drama and like catharsis and all this great 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 stuff. But the King of Kong is just satisfying and fun, and it's like a comfort film. I never thought a documentary would be a comfort film for me, but the King of Kong is, is phenomenal.
1: Yeah, there's a lot of good documentaries out there. I think it's it's a very underrated genre, uh, especially among just people looking for entertainment. But man, my mom would just watch them nonstop, so we kind of got really used to you know cracking one open at the end of the day. Uh, <laughs> but. The style, I'm not always a big fan of it. Probably that's going to be one of my beefs with this episode. It's just not my all time favorite. I, although I, I probably like a lot of people got pretty used to it with The Office, and then when I graduated from that level of cringe, you know, went right over to Parks and Rec, which I felt much more comfortable with. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's that's probably where I'd I'd settle in. That and you know, of Development seasons one through three, obviously, were just. That was a, that was such a fun choice. Not a lot of people were doing that style back then, and they just went for it, and it kind of made it all the you know it's like National Geographic meets the the rich and the restless, and that was that was a good choice.
2: So. I find it interesting when these shows, are uh, like I think Parks and Rec, never explain uh, why it's in kind of a documentary format. I correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think they do in Parks and Rec. Like in the office they do, they make up some kind of explanation, but that just means that there is the thought every now and then (laughs) that I have of like, why, why is this happening? Why is it like this? And you just can't go down that road. It's a road to, um, utter despair. Uh, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) You have to make up a lot of headcanon to make it make sense.
1: Yeah. But it's kind of nice to have like people just stop and talk to the camera every once in a while. And it, it makes you feel like they're talking to you. You, you get some one on one time with the, the people in the show. And that's kind of interesting. So, yeah, we're going to get that for today's episode. Thomas, of course, we're going to give him all the scut work. And he's got to he's got to summarize today. So bring your A game and summarize this episode for
2: us. All righty, all righty. Here's what ChatGPT came up with. No, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, I actually tried, but it wouldn't generate anything. <laughs> it um, refused to. So I had to come up with this myself. <laughs> Community season two, episode sixteen. Oh wow, we've really flown through it. This one's written by Megan Gans and directed by Joe Russo. In this episode, Pierce has been found on that park bench full of all those drugs, and he's been taken to the hospital. And not for the first time, and certainly not for the last, he has decided to use this situation to torment the study group. He tells them that he is dying, and that he has gifts to bequeath upon all of them. Shirley gets a tape of the study group talking about her, Britta gets a cheque to give to charity, Jeff gets his father, Annie gets a tiara, and Troy gets Levar Burton. Everyone hates it, but as captured beautifully by Abed and his documentary crew, everyone learns something and somehow becomes closer in the end. It's a good show. The end. All right.
1: All right. You're welcome back into the fold you did. (laughs) yay. So, yeah, I guess uh, that's my first question to you guys. How do you feel about the switch in in camera format for this episode?
2: For one episode, I'm good with it. I was thinking about how if it was if if all of community was shot like this, it just wouldn't be the same show i don't think and i would it would get old fast and i have like a love-hate relationship with shaky cam i think uh like sometimes it really can enhance the kind of the tension and the 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 energy of a show but um but i think i think there's too much shaky cam these days in a lot of shows um and and movies and so i i'm really As soon as I see shaky cam, I get worried and things, but for this one episode, I think it's used well.
3: Yeah, I'm a fan of it. I I think it's, it's well done. I love that it gives us the opportunity to, to get inside the character's heads since it's an episode all about getting inside our character's heads. Um, I like it a lot.
0: Yeah, I agree. I think it's good to shake things up, especially for an episode like this. It suits the theme really well.
1: Yeah, this in a way probably community is one of the worst shows to watch if you need an you know from episode to episode it to be constant and dependable because especially as a series goes on, you know it just is anything but you know it'll just keep switching up formats and topics and styles and locations and part of that I'll admit kind of plays upon a little bit of TV anxiety I have I don't like that sort of thing I don't like it when it's I mean I like it when it's fun and I don't like it when it suddenly throws everything out the window and I go oh I've got to watch 20 or 30 minutes of this before things go back to the way I want them to be and uh, I yeah so this the second it switched to this style especially the very first time I watched this episode I was not a fan I really did not like that they went with this. But you know, I kind of made it more of a piece with it because it's a very
2: small hill to die on, <laughs> and I won't, I won't die on it today. So, and there are those little benefits, like like Al alluded to, like you get to know a bit more about what the characters are thinking. Sometimes I think you can see them for a moment before and after scenes start and end, uh, like the moments when the characters don't know they're being watched and Abed's filming them from somewhere. Which, if you Try to have just a moment of a character sitting and thinking in a not documentary format. It's kind of like, why are we looking at this person sit here? Um, But you can do it here and, and you get inside their thoughts a bit more.
1: So, Thomas, you said about, you know, other types of shows pulling, you know, asking that question of why is the documentary crew there? It mm-hmm. leads you pet down a path of madness. <laughs> i have i have I have my own path of madness for this episode, and I need to talk about it with you guys because maybe you guys can shed some light, some expert analysis on the setup of this episode because it is infuriating to me. And I, I just want to qu- quickly walk through it. So this episode comes quickly on the tail of the last one at the at the end of the last episode, which Thomas was not there for. Uh, we're just gonna keep reiterating that point. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we know that we know that at the end of the val- uh, Valentine's Day episode, Pierce OD'd on a park bench. Can we agree that that was not intended? He did not intend to OD. Yes. Okay. So suddenly, I I don't know how much time has passed, but we can we can infer from Jeff and Britta rushing up to the counter that they had just gotten the news, and this was. At most maybe a day later. I don't you know, I'm I'm gonna say probably not a lot of time. And yet yes. Pierce has not only made a pretty good recovery, but he's put into plan yet another revenge scheme. <laughs> he's called Abed up, gotten an entire film crew to come to the hospital gotten all this bequeathal stuff put together (laughs) he wasn't you know so either he was already sort of planning on doing this but it seemed like he's taking advantage of this particular situation to play on their sympathies so that he can pretend like he's dying to give them stuff and like how did he have time to do this is my big question
0: that is a very good question
2: i think there's one thing that could have helped him which is that I don't think that nurse is a real nurse and I think he yeah. hired her to do all of that work. <laughs> um, and she is just working for him and just put on a nurse's outfit and is getting away with it. Um, so she, he quickly got her and she got, uh, she was tasked with hiring our bed and setting all up the setting up all the bequeathals. That's my head cannon. <laughs>
1: I do like that line when after like the fourth or fifth time she comes out, like he's got something to say to you guys. And what is it? Annie or Brittany is like,
2: don't you have a job here? (laughs) And she says lines that Pierce has given her like your bequeathal is at hand. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if you guys have any other thoughts
1: on that. It just, it felt like something the episode in, in explaining it skipped over very quickly. And left me with way too many questions about the timing, the spontaneity, the planning, all of this stuff.
3: I I mean, this is Pierce in like, like full on like Skeletor mode, like cartoonish supervillain mode. And like any good cartoonish supervillain, he probably has been planning this for forever in one form or another. So he has all these things on standby. We know that he's got oodles of money. Enough that he can get LeVar Burton to the hospital in, you know, in in short, uh, with short notice. (laughs) So I like to think that he had all this stuff kind of on standby and he finally found the perfect opportunity to do it. So I'm okay with it because it makes me smile.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I'm quite shocked how villainous Pierce has been so much of this season though. I didn't remember all this from my last time I've, I've watched these episodes of how many times they're sending him down the the ultra-villainous path, and each episode still kind of ends with a, ah, he's pissed, he's all right. Um, He's still (laughs) our friend. That's right. Yeah.
1: Yeah, the the Jeff sleeping right next to him at the end, just so we could have a happy ending, I call shenanigans on that one, but okay.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that didn't
3: feel right. You guys didn't buy Abed's explanation about how just you film a bunch of random stuff and send it to some music and it makes it feel like there's a connection there. And so that's how you can end your documentary.
0: No. <laughs> no.
1: <laughs> okay. I have two more questions about the setup and then I truly will let it go. Uh, question number two, why isn't Abed being included in the revenge scheme? I really, I really thought that he was going like Pierce was going to turn this whole filmmaking thing around on Abed so he would be punishing Abed in some way, shape, or form. Hmm. Abed's not his favorite. That's Annie. We established that. So why does Abed get off the hook here?
2: That's a good question.
0: Yeah, I can't <laughs> answer that question. <laughs> okay. Well, if I have
3: to headcanon it, and I'm going to try. Okay, <laughs> Pierce doesn't get Abed. So he doesn't quite know how to get in his brain.
2: Hmm.
3: But he does know that this is going to be a lot better if he can watch it back later and laugh at how we got over on everybody. So rather than try and figure out the guy that he can't figure out, let's just make him into a tool for me.
1: Hmm. I like that. All right, Mr. Smarty Pants. (laughs) So then why did Abed agree to do this, especially as it goes along and he knows that Pierce is pulling bad things on everybody why didn't why didn't abed just pack it up and go like you're being a jerk i'm not doing this
0: well maybe it was seen... a passion for filming something like this
1: yeah i think yeah, that's we've... what we have to kind of go with
3: yeah. we've seen him get
1: wrapped up in the director role before yeah It was kind of nice to see in that one brief shot that it's not just Abed, he's got his little
2: crew there. It's a Pablo, Paulo, uh pa- Pavel? Pa- Pavel? Pavel? Pavel. Something like that, yeah. And Garrett. <laughs> oh,
1: yeah, it's Garrett. Too, yeah, it's too bad they didn't have lines, but it was nice to see like he, he travels with his little posse here. Yeah. So, All right, well, I asked my, all my dumb questions at the start, so I'll, I'll throw it to you guys. What do you want to talk about for this episode? What really stuck out at Mm you?
3: Well, do you want to go character by character and just about each thing that they got? All the
1: the bequeathals.
0: Yeah, that sounds good. Sure. (laughs) He's
1: pretending he's dying. Uh, I do want to say before we start that I like the one line. I think this was Pierce's best line. He said, "I, I saw when he's talking about being on pills, he said, I saw horrible, terrible things, demons, aliens. Critters three, something called Bruce Willis surrogates. (laughs) Having, having just seen critters three, I, I felt seen. Thank you. That was, that was a nice moment. Have not seen surrogates yet. Probably won't on Pierce's recommendation. So, so yeah, so they're at the, the, the whole setup here, they're at the hospital and apparently this is the longest visitor hour ever because they keep popping in and out of his room to be given stuff and then go back to the waiting room. Why they don't all just go in together, I, I don't know. Well, um, even
2: when they're coming in at the very start, in the first in the first two seconds of the episode, um, well, first of all, Jeff's at the counter spelling Pierce's surname. And uh, I didn't quite get this joke, but I found it funny. But he's like going H-O-H-A-W-T, like he's getting it wrong. Um, but then he's spelling Pierce's name and then, and then that, you know, suspicious nurse comes in and says, he's ready to see you now. Um, so just another indication that she is not a real nurse because they hadn't even said who they want to see yet. Oh, okay.
1: That's, that's pretty good. Unless she's, she's been given descriptions of their faces or something. Hmm. Uh, so okay, what was the first bequeathal that was was that Shirley? She was she was given the CD first, I think. Yes. So I think said, so. Yeah, yeah. I, I I've recorded here. I like the fact that even in whatever year this was, recording on CD is um, it was probably already pretty passe. <laughs> but I've, I've recorded, you know, everybody speaking about you behind your back, and if you want to, you can listen to it. So he's basically handing her. Uh, doubt and suspicion and so she either listens to it and and thinks that you know maybe they have or she throws it out and will always wonder what might have happened so that's pretty clever i guess Hmm. sort of is this the
3: meanest thing that pierce does like just like to straightforwardly mean
1: i think the one he does to jeff is the meanest but this is this is this is pretty petty mean yeah i don't know what do you mm-hmm. feel
3: well, i feel like jeff's they can dress up as pierce doing a nice thing and mm-hmm. with shirley he really is just he's very much insinuating
2: yeah, and they're all saying crappy things. And even as even on a rewatch for this one, I forgot if that tape, that CD contains real, you know, if it really is them slagging on Shirley, uh, because it sounds like a thing that is possible for them to do. And Pierce could have recorded that. It sounds, you know, conceivable to me. So I wasn't even sure on this rewatch uh, what was going to be on it.
1: He, I mean, he's definitely trying to do the same thing to all of them, which is to really mess with their heads and make them feel in some way the way he feels like he's left out of the group or he's insecure or what have you. So he's trying to take them down a peg and he's trying to do that through mental tricks. So he knows their characters well enough or their personality that he can kind of prey upon shirley's you know shirley feels like she is a a bit of an outsider in a way that she's Mm. a little bit of an odd man out and britta does does act very high and mighty but she's very insecure and uh, needy on the inside too she needs other people to think she's better than she is and um jeff apparently i don't know how he found out about that jeff is freaked out about his dad or has dad issues but he's picked up on that
2: one so he's yeah, he's kind of making the rounds there. I love the moment when Shirley's um telling the group about the CD and uh saying something like, Oh, but you you all wouldn't have said anything bad about me, would you? And then they go to the newspaper and looking at Jeff's phone and just immediately <laughs> doing other <Yeah>. things. <laughs> uh
1: Yeah, there's a, I forget in what context, but speaking of Shirley, there's one point they were kind of talking about Abed and, and Shirley's apologizes to him. He's like, no problem. It doesn't bother me (laughs) from behind the camera. He doesn't care. People can insult him. He's cool about it. So maybe that's another reason why Pierce just kind of bounces off of Abed. Doesn't, doesn't know how to mess with this.
0: Good point. Um, Yeah. How would you get to Abed really?
1: Hmm i don't know media pop culture apparently daylight saving time really messes him up
0: so. mm. yeah. if only uh. pierce had timed it better
1: <laughs> uh. I, li- I like at the beginning when the the nurse comes out for the bequeathings troy has no idea what this means and somebody uh you know it means you're getting gifts and troy's like oh cool and he's like oh cool <laughs> it's like he's, has to make
2: it has to make it sad but he's still pretty happy about getting a gift so. and uh i mean we're going to talk a lot about troy but just from the start how troy is just loving being filmed like how he's enjoying the camera <laughs> in the documentary he's dancing right that's he right that dance Egyptian dance
1: <laughs> Shirley Shirley like composes herself for the camera too at the same time i think everybody's watching troy in that moment but shirley definitely is like trying to put her best face on for for a quick minute so mm-hmm. we definitely see so sticking with shirley really quick we definitely see a very very insecure shirley this episode and mm-hmm. kind of a very needy i need you guys to reassure me that you're not talking about me behind my back and um, I think the best moment was Shirley hijacking Abed's camera for a talking head moment. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so good. I like I, that. And, and she then the, deal, I think I use guilt as a weapon. Abed's like, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> and doing a talking head deal. moment, or did you
0: want me to be the only one that didn't get one? I was just like, oh, that's so great.
1: It's <laughs> a little meta. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> After she just said the thing about yep. the, the
2: guilt. Yep. Yep. yep and then and she just, just
0: f- right back into it i think it stems yeah. from
2: <laughs> and the editing is just so funny in this episode yeah. the quick cut
0: yeah
1: yes <laughs> yeah because you know you know this is all abed it's has cut this whole thing together so he, he has that control <laughs> so yeah i think the way that they kind of resolve her thing where britta just puts a cd on and she finds out no they they didn't you know pierce was kind of making it up and
2: that was that it just the cd is pretty funny how she you can hear shelly say okay bye and and then what she's gone like 10 15 seconds and then she's like hello (laughs) Uh,
3: well you know and it's not that pierce is making it up though because he says that you're going to hear what they have to say about you behind your back that's all he says and the the cd is actually then being like no, Shirley's better than us. (laughs) And they're they're being very complimentary, which is, you know, even worse of a a stab. Um, But I imagine the situation probably puts her in a really weird headspace to begin with because she has this person that she does not like who's had a serious issue and is now dying as far as she knows. And so kind of like Troy out there, you don't want... She doesn't want to be happy about this but she can't quite work herself up to be actually upset. So she's bought a bunch of crappy gift store stuff. And is just trying to put on as much of a front as she can, I guess. So she's it already my, kind of in her head about it.
1: Is it my misunderstanding, or at no point does the episode get to a point where they they all find out that Pierce is not actually dying and he just... Oh, yeah. It It
2: does end so quickly. I feel like, yeah, that's just left hanging. It happens between I I feel like after a point
1: that that's not even a, they're not even worried about him dying. It's not, I never got that feeling from any of them that they think this is really, truly Pierce's last day. I think they kind of catch on pretty quickly that Pierce is messing with everybody. And that maybe just, I don't know why they continue to stick around maybe for the free gifts, Mm -hmm. but Uh, you know i I would think at that point they should have just wised up and left the hospital and that would have been their best revenge but yeah so that brings us to our second person which is britta i think britta at least in my head gets mvp of this episode so many great britta moments starting with the nurse coming out saying mr hawthorne is requesting sour face <laughs> bretta's face in that moment is so fun. yeah because <laughs> she does look really sour mm-hmm. and then she comes in and she's like knock knock and he says is that you death it's <laughs> Yeah, isn't that a callback to where she she was ranting she's like knock knock mm-hmm. <laughs> is that Who is it? It's Britta. Oh, I thought it was cancer. Oh, no. Or something like that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's right.
0: I don't remember that yet.
1: All right. So, so Pierce actually seems like he gives Britta a really cool thing. A blank check for $10,000. She can address it to any charity of her choice or even herself. So kind of, kind of making her choose. Uh, She could have, of course know just cash the check and then given half to charity and half to herself but Mm -hmm. she's uh, as we
2: established not a very good with her money so and i like the fact that she uh, admits like it's because the cameras are on her that she had to do the right thing if they weren't maybe she wouldn't maybe she'd keep the money and it's that that well it's just playing with that interesting documentary idea in itself that people are different when they're being filmed um and they act differently
3: yeah. yeah yeah well and bretta has this this streak of like performative activism in her that's you know it, it, it's more they're there to a greater or lesser extent depending on the episode but you know i think that that's uh he's really just just pushing into that so hard he, he gives her directions, which is, I love it, it just subtly. says like, here's a blank check for $10,000. You can give it to any charity you want. Beat, beat, beat. She's thinking about charities. Or you could just give it to yourself, whatever. <laughs> and and just, I, I love, I love, I, I love Pierce in this episode. I love the way that he manipulates. And it's such a perfect way to set her up, to make sure she knows what the right thing, quote unquote, right thing is to do before reminding her what the other side of the coin could be
1: yeah and that really gets in her head because she's she's in this huge crisis for the rest of the episode mulling over what she's going to do with this knowing that the camera's on her and yeah although let, back up really quick great great of line when she goes do you know what dylan thomas said about death and pierce's <laughs> like no tell me Okay, bluff called. <laughs> <laughs> she, <just goes> <laughs> she was predicting that nobody would want to hear it, but she would look good by preparing it. Yeah. I love. Yeah, I don't know why that's so dumb, but I love that it's very very Brita.
3: Oh, I forgot. One of my favorite lines in the episode is during the Shirley part, where he uh, he talks about the CD that he made and how it was the the audio has been inscribed by auditory lasers or whatever it was. He says, and she says. I don't believe it. He says, no, I didn't think so either. It sounded like science fiction. But, <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
2: Beautiful.
1: Uh, Pearson is his
2: technology, right? It's. I yeah, find speak- it easy to forget mm-hmm. how rich Pierce is too, but $10,000 just for this um, uh, like little vengeance kind of torment bit is uh, pretty hefty. Mm.
0: Yeah, on top of Everything else he did too, it's wild. Yeah, okay, I mean, how much is
2: to... yeah, Lavar Burton getting? <laughs>
0: that's right. Very good in question. Private
1: uh, hospital suite and his own nursery. and mm-hmm. you know, and instantly he's no longer addicted to pills. This never gets mentioned again. There's no rehab. He's just really he's fine now.
2: Huh.
1: Well, thank goodness for that. Yeah. <laughs> Sitcoms. Crisis averted. <laughs> yeah, that's what happens. Just like real life. Uh, Speaking of of great, (laughs) great quotes, uh, both a Britta and Jeff quote, one of my favorite from the whole series is when uh, the nurse comes out and calls one of the other ones. And Jeff's like, no, I'm going to go. And she's like, no, it's not your turn. Uh, I have to stop. (laughs) You can't do it. And he says, or what? You'll do twice as much work as a doctor for half the pay. And he walks right past her. (laughs) Thank you. And she goes, "Yeah, that. Thank you." So, <laughs> and then Britta, Britta says, "Well, that was a compil salt. It was a, a compliment that sounded like an insult. See what I did there? That was a g- explain a brag,
0: <laughs> with the smug look on her face too, as she said oh, that.
1: Explain a brag. Oh my goodness, uh. I want to use that. <laughs> I don't know how, but I will." That wasn't explanatory, yes. She's so full of zingers. She's so hip in her head.
2: That's brilliant. I love the bit just in the waiting room too with Annie, just has a little line where she's like, people shouldn't die in the same place as people magazines do.
0: Yeah, I love that one. (laughs) I love that one, I had that one down.
2: Yeah. Uh,
1: And Pierce, if we're doing lines, uh, Pierce said, (laughs) like he said, I never held grudges. My father did. I always hated him for that. (laughs) (laughs) I missed that one. That's great. Me too. That's clever. That's a good, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, she, yeah, she ends up, what, writing 10,000 to the Red Cross and yeah. there's that. Uh, So, yeah, Jeff comes in. You can see the skepticism on his face right away. Like, he, he... He instantly calls out, Pierce, I know what you're doing. You're messing with everybody, but I'll hear what you have to say. And Pierce claims to have found Jeff's dad, his estranged dad, and is bringing him to the hospital so that Jeff can have it out with his dad. And Jeff's uh, not really buying that. He just kind of walks out. He's like, "Okay, whatever, which I think is probably an appropriate response Mm -hmm.
2: to to that.
1: Hmm. Um, and in later, yeah, uh,
2: in that scene, I love the detail of um, Pierce turning on the fireplace on the TV, uh, which is just such another another really gimmicky technology dad tech kind of thing to do.
1: <laughs> <A> villain, <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah, villains, <laughs> yeah. But then he comes in back in later, and he starts realizing maybe Pierce is doing something, and like. Gives a very terrifying speech. Mm -hmm. I love it. Heather, talk about the speech.
0: It's sort of like, like, did Taken come out before or after this? Because if it came out (laughs) after, I can definitely see how it was inspired. Because holy crap. I totally believe when Jeff leaves the room after saying those things to Pierce Pierce, panickingly picking up the phone and dialing. Yeah. Which is weird, because I imagine that he's cancelling whatever he had planned, but then later on, he's still messing with him doing that, so I didn't... Maybe I missed something, but yeah, just him... <laughs> if it is a if it is a person in a wig, if it is this, if it is that, I will beat you, and it's not going to be madcap. It's not going to
2: be funny and silly.
0: I will be... <laughs> I'm just like, oh my gosh. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and then Pierce grabbing the phone is really funny, because uh, Chevy Chase does a lot of, uh, like... Physical goofs yes. that aren't motivated, but this one's so motivated, so it, it really yeah. lands.
0: <laughs> it does. You're right.
1: Yeah, and that's why I felt, at least, that this went really over the line with Jeff. That it yeah. this was this was very very serious for him. He's he's got issue. He's got dad issues, and this is something that series continues. And that Pierce trying to press that button and and messing with him on that is just something he's not going to allow and so i'm like yeah i i think that's a pretty appropriate response probably not a legally appropriate response but um yeah i I think it it's they have such a weird complicated relationship between the two of them Uh, depending on the scene they can be friends and they can be a father-son figure and they can also be their enemies but you know pierce both envies jeff and also wants to usurp him and this is just a really weird way to go about it uh because he eventually as heather said you know like jumps into a car and takes on the role i i don't know what he had planned before then before the phone call he made Mm -hmm. maybe it was somebody in a wig and he just realized that person's gonna get beat up but and then so him pierce (laughs) he can do it all by himself Runs out of the hospital, gets into a car, drives up, waves to Jeff from, you know, I'm your dad, see you later, and then does the panicked driving away right into a car crash, which is (laughs) kind of funny. Was funny. But yeah, Jeff kind of really makes makes, uh, good on his word. He drags Pierce out and goes to town on him, (laughs) which is not that funny, I thought, but... I think the episode kind of thinks it's not that funny because it eventually just cuts away from it. There's no real, like, it, you know, shows them stitching up and stuff afterwards, but like, there's no ha ha ha, let's
2: mm-hmm. walk it off kind of. Thing. I don't know if I'm a bad person, but I, I found that bit pretty funny. Yeah, I, was, I was still like, <laughs> all right, all right. <laughs> <laughs> Thomas yeah. is like, oh, this is good, yeah. Just how serious he is. This Eat is like that old good man use of shaky cam too of when they're like <laughs> chasing the person who's going to like yeah. attack someone. Yeah.
1: All I can think of is, you know what uh, kind of parking lots always have cameras on them? Yeah, hospital, hospital parking, parking lots. lots. I mean, <laughs> at this point, he Pierce could sue Jeff like crazy and get the rest of his meager belongings in life. I don't know. But again, that's overthinking it. Uh, any other thoughts on the Jeff bequeathal?
3: I really like their bit afterwards where Jeff comes back out and explains what, uh, what Pierce told him and he and Britta get into this weird role play conversation. Oh
0: yeah.
3: <laughs> <laughs> where it starts off. It starts off sort of in the,
1: the you know, sort of normal. And eventually they wind up in Iran. It, That's right. Cause it's Is like it? a competition. It instantly, yeah. went, it's not role play. It's, one-upping each other and that's why i love their particular dynamic it's very it's not like angry married couple dynamic it's more like brother and sister and when they start doing that it's a lot of fun just seeing them try to verbally one-up the other person into all these weird hypothetical situations and um (laughs) and and Britta's final line they're just frustrated and angry and you know i don't know i'm jeff winger's weird gay dad or something like, it makes no sense out of context but within the the logical steps of the argument you're just like oh my you guys act like kids that's that's what you guys are
2: <laughs> yeah there's a fun moment the one a other yeah. uh, uh, jeff moment was just when he was Uh, talking to Wabed in the hallway and uh, like when he says don't you dare intercut this with footage of me freaking out and of course we see a few clips of Jeff um, going pretty manic in the waiting room starts laughing chaotically
1: (laughs) oh and speaking of obscure movie titles just dropped into this episode in that scary speech he drops fx and fx2 the deadly art of illusion yeah,
3: that's I don't
1: know those movies. That's it's, uh, I've reviewed them. It's um, they're they're movies about I think it's an Australian special effects guy so who gets Thomas caught halt. in caught into like a drama of, of crime, and yes, he uses special effects tricks to to uh, to win the day. Whoa! It's actually kind of like the first one was a lot of fun. The second one is just fun to say the name of it. FX to <laughs> the deadly article. <laughs> That's how sequels tend to be. So Annie Annie's one is kind of short. She gets a tiara. She spends a lot of time over analyzing what it may mean, and really, what it means is Pierce likes her. The end.
2: Hmm. I wonder what it yeah, was worth. Yeah, they... you know, really valuable. Yeah, they're,
1: they're real diamonds, right?
2: Yeah, I guess so.
1: She could have moved out of her horrible apartment. (laughs) So that's kind
2: of, yeah, that's kind of painful. Tragic.
1: Yeah. I don't know. Any other thoughts on Annie? Heather, you're so quiet. You're thinking about the tiara. I know.
0: I am thinking about the tiara. I'm sitting here going, that thing looked like it was bought at a dollar store. I just couldn't take it (laughs) seriously. I don't mean they needed to borrow the Queen of England's crown or something. I'm just saying it It could have looked a little more legit. I'm done now. Sorry, I was just distracted.
1: My daughter just <laughs> celebrated her 13th birthday, and my wife gave her a tiara. And it probably looked better it, than the one in the show, didn't it? And it? It pretty much looked the same. Yeah, it, was, <laughs> yeah, it had that quality. Uh, then we get to Troy. Oh, Troy, you have so many good lines at the beginning. <laughs> uh, what was it? when pierce says i yeah I, I called you in for my final words and troy's like final words are you gonna kill us <laughs> <It's> like, <yeah. laughs> thank you troy that's awesome uh, so pierce gives troy the gift of lavar burton mm. not playing a role just lavar burton playing lavar burton
2: i love the bit where he comes in jeff's doing a talking head and he mm. says money can't just make people appear <laughs> Levar Burton's like hi uh, <laughs>
1: I'm looking, for Troy. I'm looking for Troy Gardens. <laughs> uh, okay, so yeah, let's talk about LeVar. Man, you guys grew up. You're reading Rainbow, Star Trek fans.
0: Mm-hmm. Reading Rainbow. Sure... I didn't watch Star Trek. Oh. As a kid.
3: <laughs> yeah, through and through. Absolutely, reading Rainbow to start, and then Star Trek somewhere in middle school.
1: Always kinda of weirded me out in the movies when he lost the visor and went to the artificial eyes. I'm like, Geordie shouldn't have eyes. <laughs> so weird. Oh, that would be but,
0: weird. But yeah. But Never quite The visor as much was so
1: annoying he hated. I mean the actor hated understandable. it. Understandable. Yeah. So, no, nobody else has to work through literal blinders mm-hmm. for the entire run of a show. Yeah. Yes, I can see him writing that into the contract. I'll come back to the movie if I can see. Yeah. <laughs>
2: Thank you.
1: But uh, so, yeah, LeVar, Levar shows up. Uh, Troy loves LeVar Burton, but does not want to meet him. Yeah. And apparently that he made that mistake of saying that to Pierce. And Pierce tucked that little nugget into his, into his brain. So... Mm. Because you don't want to meet your heroes, you might disappoint them.
2: That's the whole logic there. And you can't Troy,
3: disappoint the picture. You can't <laughs>
2: disappoint. Oh, that scene in the cafeteria is my favorite part of the episode, hands down. You can't watch that and not laugh. And right at the end, he just screams at the camera. <laughs> it's incredible.
1: <laughs> through a window, right? He's not... Yeah, a pretty loud loud confession. And you can just imagine his best friend Obid calmly calmly filming this and looking at his best friend freaking out and going, <laughs> "Yeah, this makes good footage." That's right. <laughs> so, yeah, Troy um other than that freak out, he locks up. And that's a brilliant move on the part of the show writers to take your verbally very funny character and pretty much just bench him for the rest of the episode in this state of wide eyes and just not reacting to anything cuz he's so terrified that Levar Burton is there <laughs> or overwhelmed or whatever it might be the faces he, he's
0: it, making though are definitely making up for the ver- the lack of verbal yes. communication
1: mm. cuz it's a little funny at first and then after a while it just becomes more and more funny <laughs> like when they're having that dinner at the end and Levar Burton's just like helping himself to to Troy's food and just keeps trying to do this <laughs> one-sided conversation,
2: and Troy's just staring. At well, more, fish
3: yeah. <laughs> more fish for Kuta, yeah.
2: There's also the bit of Troy uh, singing in the bathroom, and it turns oh, into crying. Oh yeah. <laughs>
3: Set phasers <laughs> to love me.
1: <laughs> yeah. The uh, the the. What did you say? Set phasers to. To love love me. To love me. Just (laughs) to (laughs) love me.
2: Would you guys meet your heroes? Is that something you're worried about? You'd be worried about meeting your biggest celebrity that you're a fan of? (laughs) Mm -hmm.
1: I always worried that I wouldn't know what to say and how to have a conversation with them that wouldn't revolve around, hey, let's talk about that movie you were in that you're probably sick of talking
0: yeah me too i'm afraid to meet them because i'm just afraid i don't have anything interesting to say like i met felicia day and all i could just do is just be like thank you and she's like no thank you like oh you're so nice
2: (laughs) that's right in a way it's like almost worse than small talk it's like no (gasps) talk it's just thank you thank you yeah (laughs) yeah it's really awkward (laughs) yeah (laughs)
3: that's pretty much been my experience at comic-cons when i've Mm -hmm. waited for four hours to meet somebody and then i get up there i literally have nothing to say to them Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. yep that's hulk hogan michelle forbes felicia day yep i had nothing to say to any of them (laughs) although at least with hulk hogan i got a cool picture unfortunately he's a terrible person but still um (laughs) yeah i uh i've run into that just enough times to realize you
1: know what i don't think i need to meet those people anymore
0: yeah (laughs) it's okay yeah
1: so I got a, I actually got to meet a Star Trek actor uh, a couple years ago uh, through my journalistic work at Massively. Mm. And um, teenage me would have been so excited. I, I got to meet uh, Chase Masterson. Oh, really? Interview her, yes. She, she played uh, Lita on Deep Space Nine. And if I could go back in time and tell my Star Trek-obsessed teenager self hey, one day you're going to get to just sit down and shoot the breeze with a Star Trek actor. That would have been, I would have thought, oh, that's the coolest thing ever. <laughs> By the time I got to talk to her, I'm like, yeah, I used to like Star Trek. I didn't say that to her because that's kind of weird. She was super nice. She's a she's a fan's fan. And um, it was just kind of really nice to just talk about the show, but also all the other stuff she does. She made me feel very comfortable as an interviewer. So that was good. Nice. Um, but i didn't so i didn't do a lavar thing i i don't know i don't know i i don't really have a lot of celebrities i'd want to meet there are people that i like their stuff but it's not like i really want to sit down and be with them (laughs) i don't don't know but for troy it's it's just not a good day this has basically turned his life into uh, a living hell and he's he's suffering for it and yet LeVar just doesn't leave because he gets paid more and more to stay. In fact, Britta even tries to pay him two hundred and seventeen dollars and whatever uh, out of her purse to to stay, and he just says, "You know, I'll I'll just stay." He seems like he's being really classy about it. Like, he, although I don't know, maybe LeVar is just really enjoying the fact that he doesn't have to uh, really talk with somebody; he can just <laughs> eat their food. Yeah. <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> He's fun. Speaking of which, have you looked at Levar Burton's Twitter page lately?
0: I sure haven't.
1: No. Well, you should because hmm. under his Twitter page, uh, his description there, and I'm going to pull it up real quick. He says, uh, "Kunta Giordi, reading Rainbow Guy, and on a boat with uh, with Troy."
0: Uh. Ah. Yeah.
1: Uh. <laughs> And a lot of community players, fans got caught wind of that and thought, that's so awesome. He mentioned community on a boat with Troy.
2: So, yeah. I hope that doesn't doesn't mean that 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 Troy's just in a permanent coma now for the rest of his life. (laughs) No, no,
1: no, Not at all. Uh, Okay, well, I think we covered everybody, all their bequeathals and um there's there's probably a, a couple other odds and ends i do like any about the tiara i forgot this line she's like are these holocaust diamonds <laughs> <laughs> right. even tears is says, horrified so quietly <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, i've never heard that term before but now now it's gonna haunt me forever and ever
2: We found out about Troy and Arbed's plan that if one of them die, then the other will stage it as a suicide caused by the cancellation of Firefly. More episodes. Anything to get it back on the air, I suppose.
1: Probably meant a lot more 10, 15 years ago than it does today.
0: No, never say die. We'll get a renewal.
1: (laughs) (laughs) They're all going to be so old at that point. It's only been 20 years. (laughs) I, I guess you can get some of them back. I mean, he killed like half the cast in the movie. Yeah. Just for, why not? Uh, <laughs> Thank you,
3: John.
2: Uh, yeah. We we also we got to mention the bit where Britta kind of uh, realizes that she's uh, she's not stupid with her money. I mean, she's very stupid with her money rather than selfish, and that she yeah. thinks she's a generous friend. And <laughs> she she ends that by saying, "Problem solved, dilemma deleted." Britta for the win? It's just such a Britta moment.
1: (laughs) Oh, Britta for the win. Mm -hmm. I love when she busts that one out.
0: While also busting a move. She's like, Britta for the win?
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah. I
1: think the last time she did that was the first episode of the season, right? With all the girls. Or maybe I'm thinking of a different quote, but I think we've heard this before. Something similar. Something similar. Come on, we do it. You know Heather for the win. Oh yeah,
0: I mean that's <laughs> yeah. just a given, though. Of course Heather for the win.
1: <laughs> you go into small claims court. You know that's that's what they hear when you come exactly, and it
0: it wins every yeah. time. I mean they they can't they have no argument.
1: <laughs> I love Britta talking to Levar Burton and saying I was nostalgic from an early age. Oh gosh, <laughs> I Ouch. was
0: born in the wrong time period. Ugh. <laughs>
1: Oh, Britta, yeah. Because she, she seems like the type of person who would sit down with any celebrity and figure that they would find her very fascinating. Yeah. And she, so she'd have no problem talking their head off. It's definitely an episode that's a very character-driven episode, and we're seeing, like, if, if nobody had ever seen Community before, you could probably drop them into this episode. I wouldn't recommend it, but you could drop them into this one, and they'd get a good feeling of, who these people are and what are some of their motivations and their personality types Mm -hmm. um, pretty strongly. So yeah. And then we get the end credits where Troy finally screams and runs away from Var Burton.
0: (laughs) His faces before he finally breaks down and takes off running.
1: So good. Kunta for the win. So, all right. Well, that's that's the episode, and we're gonna we're gonna put Thomas back in the spotlight here. You got to make up for it, man. You you missed a couple of these. We've missed your your wrap up. So we're gonna go right into our report cards. Give us your rating and your final thoughts, or your final thoughts and then your rating.
2: righty. just generating ChatGPT response. How's the hot seat, uh, Mr.
0: Gold Star? Uh,
2: huh? Huh? Uh, <laughs> I uh, I have so many gold stickers over here you should see. Ugh. Um, all right, let's, let's see. I really like this episode. Um, I think the documentary style is great for this one. Uh, and all the characters are really kind of tested in this episode and taken to their limits and challenged, um, quite deliberately by Pierce. And I love an episode of a TV show where all the characters are, are tested like this. Um, I am missing the Dean it's like three episodes, I think with no Dean and I'm starting to feel it, but I think this episode was great. Sharp writing, um, really funny editing and, um, enjoying Pierce as the villain, uh, and Jeff's hair was a bit different, which I don't know if I like, but I like the change. Maybe just something different. I don't know if you guys agree, there was a bit of a fringe thing and that just felt good. And I don't know if my MVP is Troy or Britta, they were just both so incredible. So I've got like two MVPs for the episode. So it's clearly just a great episode. Really loved it. It's an easy A. Okay. All right, Heather, where do you land
1: on this?
0: I also land on A. I'm just going to get it out there. I do. I also love it. Pretty much everything Thomas said. The editing, so funny. The writing so many really good quips so many good lines fantastic I do love each character really felt like they got some good time we really got to spend good time with them and like you said earlier Justin somebody could be you wouldn't recommend it but someone could be dropped in here and know exactly what everybody's about and get an idea of what the show is easy A for me as well okay Al uh, you know, I was a little worried about how people were going to
3: react to this episode because there was a lot of uh, a lot of nitpicky early on in our conversation mm-hmm. because I love this episode dearly. It is one of my favorites of season two and one of my favorites of the series, I think. Um, I think it's so funny. I love how centered it is on character. You couldn't do this episode in a show that did not have as well-defined characters as community does. Um, Like I said earlier, this is the episode where Pierce kind of is like the Bond villain level, snidely whiplash, Dr. Evil bad guy. (laughs) And that is probably my favorite kind of Pierce, I think. (laughs) This might be my favorite Pierce episode. I won't swear to it because there's still plenty of episodes to go, but it's definitely up there. And yeah, I I, I, I I like everything about it and anything out there that is a little nitpick or maybe a slight inconsistency. Does not bother me in the slightest. So A, all the way.
0: Um, bum, bum. Okay.
1: Yeah, this is gonna this is gonna <laughs> put me in an awkward spot. Um, <laughs> I came to it expecting to give it a D. Uh, wow. I've, nice. I've almost never liked this episode in my memory. Uh, I've watched the whole series. This is not bragging. I'm just for for numerical sake. I probably watched it through at least four or five times, and my memory of this episode as we were. And clo- closing on in on it was, oh, we've got to go through that one. Oh, I really <laughs> didn't like that episode. Oh, at least I'll be able to, you know, like air my dirty laundry and, and slap it with a D and just get on with my day. I'm going to give it a C. And this is why I think it did redeem itself uh, in on a rewatch when we really sat down and just kind of weighed the pros and cons I think there are some significant cons in this episode and not just the, the plot. I think the plot is very slapdash, thrown together. Does not make any sort of sense. Once you start to examine it under scrutiny, I also really feel like we're just treading over the same exact ground we've done in this season. Pierce is really bad. He's enacting revenge on people, but they're going to be hurt for a while, and they're going to have it out with them, but then there's going to be an artificial happy ending. We've done this, and we're going to keep doing it. Thank you, Season 2, because you can't think of anything else to do. It's one of my big gripes with this season. Season 1, my big gripe was the love triangle. Mm-hmm. didn't work. Season 2 was they didn't really pace Pierce's journey very well. They almost instantly took him to full-fledged evil by the dungeons and dragons episode and didn't know how to back him off from that and so now it's just like oh he's still evil but for whatever reason they're hanging out with them it makes no sense um i think it, it's nice that we do get a the whole ensemble i think abed this is something that the show does a lot where they do these weird episodes and they sort of Push Abed to the side because he doesn't quite fit in to whatever format they're doing. Dungeons and Dragons episode, we're gonna push him over here and make him the game master, so he doesn't have to deal with the drama of the table. He can be aloof from it. Now we're giving him a camera, so he can be. Yeah, that's kind of his character, but it also feels like it's an easy let him off the hook, um, and also take him out of the the camera. Like, we don't get to see Abed except for one or two quick bits. And that's, you know, we didn't talk about that. But we certainly did not talk about Abed this episode because Abed's not really in this episode. He's, his presence is, but he's not. Um, I, I really didn't like the thing with Jeff. It bothered me. I think it was just over-the-top mean by Pierce. I think it's like if if you knew somebody was really upset about a divorce or something and you try to use that against them. Or somebody you know had problems with the strange parents, and you were deliberately using that as part of your weird revenge scheme. We would not be friends anymore. We would not be talking. I would definitely would not be sleeping by your bed. A, a scene later, um, so yeah. But there's all that aside. A lot of really funny moments. A lot of great lines. LeVar Burton's an excellent uh, little side character that they threw in there i like that he's playing himself that's a fun it's always fun to see actors sort of playing their own character you know the nurse the nurse was good like that was a small small bit part and she did a great job with it um so yeah i'm just gonna stick with c i'm still not i don't see your love for it but um i'm happy that you guys do love it so there we go i got it off my chest but it wasn't as bad as I thought it would be.
0: All right, I'm sharpening the pitchforks. Who's got the gas for the torch? Yeah.
2: <laughs> Thomas has got the wombats. We know that. <laughs> An
0: we army of wombats that. at his disposal. They're going to
2: sit on you. <laughs> yeah, watch out. <ya. laughs>
1: well, if you do want to uh, do, do read some of our stuff, I know two weeks is a long time to go between shows, and you start to get a little crazy, a little stir crazy a- after a while. Go to mutantreviewersmovies.com, And that's where you can find a lot of our writing. And we do review movies like FX and FX2, The Deadly Art of Illusion and Critters 3 and uh, The King of Kong. You're definitely going to want to check out all that stuff. So there you go. You can also check out Thomas's YouTube channel. Heather's got an excellent Twitch stream that you should all be a part of. You know, be part of her throng, (laughs) her entourage. um, Because she does twice the work for half the pay.
2: Thank See what you. I did there? That was an excellent
1: <laughs> brag. Um, and then, you, of course, you can follow us all on Twitter at one hundred and one rewatching, and that's where you know you can send us, ping us, and go, "Where's a new episode? Where's a new episode? We're working on it, people. We're working on it. Whenever we can find Thomas next, we'll get onto it." Mm-hmm. So, so there we go. And speaking of which, we're probably going to be just to uh, be changing up when we post the show. Uh, because we do have to record on a different night for a little while. So we're still going to try to go for every other week. It just might be a couple extra days until the next one. So hang in there. Thank you for listening so much. Uh, keep up the good work. Whatever you're being bequeathed with, you know, we're not trying to mess with you. We just love you. You're our favorite.
0: Set phasers to love us.